Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Tabletop Cyberpunk. My name is John John the Wise. This is the podcast about Cyberpunk 2020 Red and any other Cyberpunk tabletop games and really anything else that we ever want to talk about here. I hope you guys had a wonderful week. Before we get into this episode, just want to make sure you guys know that I have a YouTube channel. John John the Wise is where you can subscribe. I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash John John the Wise. That's the best place to support me. And make sure you follow me on social media at John John the Wise. Ladies and gentlemen, today I have a very special guest. Today we are talking with Northern Exile. How are you? Hi, man. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. For sure. Uh, do you go by Exile? Northern? Northern? Um, either. Either's fine. Um, my name's actually Dean, but you can call me that if you want. But uh, yeah, Northern, Ex- Northern, Northern Exile, whatever. Just uh, as long as it's not rude, you can call me whatever you want. I think I want to call you Exile because it's so cool. Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> it's yeah, so it's much cooler than Dean, if you don't mind. But it came from um, no, no offense taken, like, but it came from uh, with me being in the states for a while, and I felt like I was on my own a little bit. So I thought, fuck it, I'm ah, that makes that sense. Uh, it's like that Sting song, "An Englishman in New York." Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, um, we had um, also like I wrote something ages ago where there's a group in it called the Exiles who were like really overpowered swordsman so i was like oh, oh yeah it kind of worked on different levels oh very nice yeah, that way. well uh just to give you guys quick information on northern exile and where i found this wonderful human being is the youtube algorithm and my warhammer 40k obsession has joined forces to make sure that i find this person and uh i believe i got this right you're an author you're an educator and you are a former employee of Games Workshop, the people that make Warhammer 40k. That and is basically it, yeah. Um, so I do, yeah, I, so I, I educate, I do uh, history, classics, and creative writing. Um, I got my fingers in a lot of pies, you know what I mean? Uh, and I've only just figured out this year that I should be getting paid for it. So <laughs> I've started getting paid for it, which is good, which is great. And yeah, so I used to work for Games Workshop for a couple of years. I think it's like three and a half years, four years. I don't know. I don't, I'll have to look it up. But um, yeah, to work for Games Workshop and, you know, had a varying experience. And my channel is basically a smorgasbord of, you know, GW content, Warhammer content, gaming, writing. Used to be writing a lot less these days because I'm not, I'm quite busy. But uh, yeah, we're going to be doing a, a history one next week. And um, please, I, I know. I see. I get depressed when I look at other people's YouTube um, channels because they're so well done, and they have intros and outros and and a green screen and this and that, and they've got really good camera presence and and then I, I've got more subs and I'm like, well, how is this happening? I'm just I'm some dick sitting in front of a you know a microphone talking. Um, so yeah, don't be going onto my channel thinking it's going to be <laughs> like the, the greatest like production ever. My production value is really low. But uh, I can talk, so you know. Well, I gotta say, to give you credit, you have a lot, uh, a raw talent for storytelling and for expressing yourself and your opinions. Oh, you. No, for sure. That's why I'm a fan. I mean, uh, I told my wife, I was like, "Hey, you know the guy that that British guy that I always have on while I'm painting? I'm mm-hmm. gonna have him on my podcast." And she's like, "Oh, that's crazy." <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Well, you know, like I'm not really 
Um, yeah, I, I talk to my therapist about this all the time. I'm terrible with with I I can't accept love. <laughs> like, Don't I think worry. So it's me being British, um, but I'm always like, yeah, I'm, I'm really shit, and I, I'm I'm comfortable thinking that I'm really bad. So when people say I'm really good, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so so it, it, if I don't react, that's, that's that's me doing that rather than me going, you know, be getting awkward or whatever. No, no, I totally feel you on that. I love giving people compliments because mm. uh, I genuinely, if I genuinely like them, I want to let them know, like, hey, you're awesome, you're doing great, mm. and I'm a fan. But I'm the same as you. Getting compliments, like one or two, okay. After that, I'm like uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Most definitely. <laughs> I mean, I think after a couple. You are sort of like, okay, what's the ulterior motive here? You know, like, well, one or two, maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah. I keep thinking they're going to give me a survey or something after they give me like four or five compliments. It's like, okay. Or take you on a date at least. Well, yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, uh, the reason I wanted to have you on my podcast is because I'm a fan of your YouTube, but also because I love everything that you talk about, especially your Games Workshop stories. Mm-hmm. And uh, your hobby store stories, because before GW, you actually worked at like an FLGS, right? Yeah. So, so I, yeah, I worked at uh, a friendly local game store, yeah, in my local area for a couple of years. Um, so before university, I worked in a, I did two jobs. I worked in a bar. I ran a bar, and then during the day, I would work in a hobby store. So yeah, I, I've seen the hobby top down, left right, inwards and outwards. You know, good and bad. Uh, over the next last ten years or so, and it's an eclectic bunch of people. Um, oh, yeah. I tend to use the phrase from Game of Thrones, you know, um, bastards and broken things. You know that, that those are the people who are in um, tabletop gaming for the most part. Um, I've never really met anyone. Actually, no, I have met normal people, but even those normal people have something about them. If you know what I'm saying, not not bad, just like a you know they've got their own quirk. Um, but I'd say a good percentage of the people I come across are people who need a hand, you know, or need some help or need, you know, or going through a time in their lives. I've, I've, I've had people tell me, you know, the hobby saved my life. I've, I've heard that many times. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Me too. Um, which is great. Uh, but again, I, I, the one thing I don't like about YouTube, just to, just to spin off, um, to go, I wanted to, just, I wanted to actually talk about this before I forget. Is, is how negativity sells. Um, I tend to notice when I do cringe videos, like cringy stories that I've, over the years that, I've, that has happened to me in the in the hobby, or stuff that, you know, it, it's really horror showing stories. bad behavior. Horror stories, yeah. They get a lot more views. Yeah, for and sure. It, it's, you know, and I've got loads of those stories. I just don't want to um, run down the hobby you know i don't want to be sitting here saying you shouldn't do it which is why i try and do positive videos even though they didn't do very well i um, think my my feeling is when i connect to those stories isn't because i just want to you know laugh at and and, and criticize people and that the way that they feel is because mm-hmm. i feel connected to those stories because i've been through those kinds of situations as well yeah no yeah i mean i think everyone's got hobby hobby nightmares and things like that and and really good days too. Yeah, um, it's it's wild. Those like FLGSs and the hobbies, they feel like an alternate dimension because you experience mm. things that you just will not experience in in normal life, working well, anywhere it, else or being friends with other people. It's kind of like there's just one thing on uh, Big Bang Theory 
uh, back in the day, and it just struck a chord with me. I don't really watch it, but like I was just in passing, I was flicking channels, and and Penny says, um, you know, for a bunch of guys, you said that they've been bullied their entire lives. You guys are really mean. Oh, that's and I was like, perfect. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Like it's 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 like I literally went to uh, Ipswich. That's why we didn't do this yesterday, um, of course, because I went to see my sister. I had a meeting in London as well, but I went to Ipswich afterwards. It was a busy day. So we went day. to, yeah, yeah. We we went to a friendly local game store down there just to play some Pokemon, um, which sucked, by the way. Oh no, I it, I think I'm just really bad at it, to be honest with you. But like, <laughs> um, so we walked in and every single head turned around and just stared at us, and it was just like, you know, okay, outsider, you know, down exactly, yeah, or woman, you know. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There's that too. And it was just, it's just crazy, but there are good and bad parts to it, of course. But uh, yeah, that is something that I really wish would go away. That tribalism of this is our place. Why are you coming in and affecting our place? Not that I don't get. I mean, I, I talked about gatekeeping a while back, and I basically said, you know, if there is gatekeeping, it's the best kind in the hobby at the moment because you've got to self police. You've got to say what's acceptable and what's not, you know, and um, being welcoming to everybody is counterproductive for the most part because you're going to be your entire things you're not that thing anymore you know there's nothing wrong keeping your thing your thing whilst inviting people who want to share in that thing um so i think that's why again we just had a a bit of drama on the on the on the discord just yesterday about you know different people with different opinions and political stuff and, and things i don't know what you do with your discord if you don't know whether you ban politics but i'd have a complete uh ban like yeah, just don't talk about it. No, we're the same. We're the same. We're just yeah. like, hey, everybody's different, but we all share one common thing. We love this game, this hobby. So mm-hmm. when you're here, we talk about the hobby. Anything else, mm-hmm. leave it at the door. Yeah, I mean, hobby is amazing. And I tell you what, I don't know whether you've done a showcase or anything yet, but some of the talent in the, in, even in, in my own Discord, which isn't that big, but some of the talent I've got in there, incredible it's insane yeah yeah it's amazing Um, i mean as from like art to coding like straight up making programs and software or websites for tools and stuff like we got the whole gamut of that kind of stuff going on well we went um we're actually going to i've not even introduced analysis on my channel yet so this will be it's a first but we're gonna we're doing an open source rpg um tabletop rpg where we are literally gonna have the entire hobby all the people on the, on the server are going to contribute anything that they want to this open source RPG. So settings, rules, you know, or the setting rules, background, art, you know, um, 3D design, web design, everything. And, you know, we're going to actually have a published piece of work at the end of it that people can, it's for free. It's pay what you want. And all the money is going to go to um, a mental health charity in the UK. Oh, amazing. Um, yeah, so that's going to be. It won't. It won't finish until like summer next year, and I, I want to go to. I want to go to Germany. I think we're going to. I think I'm planning on Nottingham for Warhammer World, Germany for people in Europe, and then America. I want to, you know, to meet people and say thanks for like you know doing the. And I'll, and I'll give everybody a uh, a physical copy of this thing that they wrote, and it can go on your resume. You know, like oh, I was a I was a developer on this project, and it was actually got published. Here it is. You know, here's my name in it, sort of a thing. It's all about getting your so, you, so people are going to be paid by getting a credit, you know, essentially. That's great. Um, that's that's super ambitious. I hope it really uh, it pulls through, man. Yeah, I mean, I will. You know, it, I, the, the interest has been. Um, I was thinking, well, we'll get like four people 
you know, and that'll be really great. I've got about 64, about 64 people at the moment who are all, all different backgrounds, different things that they're good at, different skill sets. Yeah. Um, so it's getting to the stage now where I've not announced it yet. I've just talked to people about it, but I think I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to start um, giving out responsibility so I, do, I can just step back a little bit and say, okay, you guys have fun with this and I'm going to go over here and, you know, yeah see my my thing is when i really want a project to get going i just tell people about it and then now i'm like held responsible to my word (laughs) yeah exactly so now it's like i have to do it you know what i mean that's what i do and whenever i do a um a video if i'm if i'm umming and ahhing about a video because i can't be bothered doing it normally i'll say i'm doing it and then you know a few days later i'll I'll be getting messages where's that video okay yeah sorry (laughs) where's that video leave me alone yeah I'm busy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm not bothered. It, it, it's a good problem to have. Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, my my channel. Here's an here's an anecdote um, that I actually on the train yesterday. I I looked. I'm quite glad we didn't do yesterday because after we would have been already been doing it. I came across this. Mm-hmm. Um, I had I had. For those of you who watch my channel, you probably might know this. But I had a really bad breakup last year. Not bad breakup, but like it was a. It was like we've been together for ages, and it just all fell apart. Essentially, it was terrible. Anyway, um, my channel growth <laughs> literally started that weekend. Literally the weekend that I was going through all that pain, that's when you can even see it on the analytics, it starts to climb and then it really climbs and then it really climbs again towards like November. Hmm. Um, and it's been steady since then. It sort of tapered off and now it's just steady. Uh, but it was really weird seeing that. Like, I wasn't even doing that much content. I really wasn't like I did one or two videos after we broke up because I hadn't done any for ages, um, and it was really strange. It was almost like the universe or YouTube or something had gone. Hey, this guy's in a bit of a state. Let's give him some, give him some love. Hey, the algorithm's going to come and you know do some good stuff for you. So, um, whilst YouTube can be annoying, and you know the the way they pay you is ridiculous. <laughs> to to yeah. be honest. Yeah, it's, it's be- going to be way this below. Day and this day. Yeah, it's way below a living wage, and it's like you got to make a certain amount, and then we'll give yeah. it to you. <laughs> well, it, it's um, it is sixty pounds, so a hundred dollars, and then they'll they'll pay you out. Yeah. Um, I mean, what what you get, and I've said this before, um, looking at my channel is not that big, like at all, like not very big. I mean, I think on the uh, somebody did a Reddit thing where they did like the top games workshop style you know channels and i'm like out of like the hundreds i'm like 75th or something like that which is great but like even that i'm i'm making enough where you know i'm it's like pocket money like you know it's yeah. like uh, it's in the piggy bank you know i mean it's not enough to go out and spend but it's just there so you know you know, for your time. Yeah, the money um, I make from uh, YouTube and Patreon basically just feeds back into the hobby and the channel. Like, I can get microphones, I can get exactly. the new products that come out and talk about them and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I'm never going to be that person because I don't, I really don't like spending money when I don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, I, I like, um, do you know ACG, the, the, game, the game reviewer guy? ACG sounds yeah, he's familiar. Like, uh, Angry Centaur Gaming. He does. Um, anyway, he's pretty cool. No. But he buys a game. If you're going to review it, he'll buy it because he gets a code anyway. But then mm. he'll buy it and give it away, which I mm. think is pretty cool. I nice. do something like that. Yeah. But um, not with a, not with the GW release because prices are getting. <laughs> Who's got that kind of money? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, 
they are they're taking the piss at the moment to win this rookie. Yeah, that see the thing, um just a little to diverge a little bit, but not really. The thing I love about your channel and your stories is on surface value it might look like, oh, I'm just here to badmouth GW. Mm-hmm and their their practices and everything but really that's not it on surface level it it is on surface level but once you like really mm-hmm. are watch all the videos and listen you're not yeah. actually bad mouthing GW you're no. bad mouthing the corporate part of GW the the, I, mid, the middle management that basically yes. ruined the hobby yes i mean you. i i've i've gone out on a limb and i've said before i i love games workshop as a place and as a group of people and whenever I speak to people who I know still work there, you know they watch the videos, and and you know there there was there has been only one complaint at head office where somebody was I, somebody was watching me in the office, and they were told to not watch me in the office because mm. it, it was inappropriate. Um, so you know if 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 you think they don't see you, they do. Like and I'm tiny as a YouTuber, but they they do. There is an entire team dedicated to seeing you. To gauging what the reaction is, engaging what you know. Um, so, but the reception, apart from that one instance, the reception has been wholly positive. It's like, oh well, thank you for, you know, not just GW bad. You know, similar to like the Trump thing. You know, there were people saying "Orange Man bad." That that phrase. Yeah, they, they were like, yeah, thank you for not doing that to us, and like actually like you know coming down because when it's like a, having a sibling. You know, when they're stupid, you just tell them. And you're like, yeah, because nothing changes otherwise. Well, um, you know, there's this thing that like logically is is a bad thing on paper, but then it gets spinned by corporations yeah. to not be that. And it's like, hey, are we in the same universe? I mean, this is a bad, net bad all around. Mm-hmm. What's going on, you know? Well, at the end of the day, they don't want to piss you off because it hits them in the wallet. But the thing that annoys me about the, the current state of the the hobby is that they're, they're never punished. It's kind of like, um, you know, the people who... I brought it up last time in my last video, I think. The people who ruined FIFA and Madden for everybody were the people who kept giving them money, even though they were stripping content away from the games. You know, they, they kept buying these team packs and they kept, you know, throwing money into the gambling mechanics that shouldn't have been there in a game aimed at kids as well. And so there's no punishment. So why the, why the, they're a corporation. They're not, they're not people. Yeah. This is a zeitgeist thing. It's not going to change unless, unless they can see. The only metric they see, one, growth, sustainable growth, two, money. That's it. it. Yeah, infinite that, that, growth. That's, only... that's what a, cor- yeah. corpor- a corporation <laughs> is all about, infinite growth, whether it's logical or not, at, yeah. at whatever cost. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, so the only way Games Works is going to change, and a lot of people have, have said that on, on that video as well, um, the only way it's going to change is if we start buying from uh, retail wholesalers and, you know, uh, the best way to do it is secondhand or eBay. But that'd be the best way to do it because then Games Workshop doesn't see any of the money at all. Um, so, yeah, if, if you don't like what they're doing, then it's time to, like, back away and, and you know, really look at... I, I've had to do that. I'm not going to buy any models for a while now. Um, I was going to start a Chaos Force, but... I, well, I am going to start it, but it's gonna, not going to be through Games Workshop. I'll do it. I'm going to go huh. through uh, Dave Mini Wargaming. Yeah, yeah, I've seen those models. Games. They're very nice. Yeah, so they're, they're going to be like the centerpiece of, of what I'm doing. And uh, yeah, that's my next hobby project. Plus, I'm, I'm listening to Legion, the Black Legion novels at the moment by oh. uh, Aaron Dembski Bowden. So that um, really got me on the It got me. The, those two books hooked me. I'm already painting uh, 2,000 points. I'm, yeah. I'm on it. It's so good, man. So good. Um, 
my idea for the force was because I really like the way the Black Legion are just a bunch of just dudes. That's it. They're, they're just trying to survive. So my one was um, loyalist Iron Warriors who are in the Eye, essentially in the Eye of Terror, and they're all bikers. And um, because they're really good with mechanics, they they're fixing their own bikes and they're modding their own bikes and they're you know so they they treat them like like horses. You know they're actually their little you know. And I had this idea for a book or a short story where there are that these these guys are mercenaries, so they're not for against the Imperium or for they're, they're for money essentially and resources. So and they will fight for anybody. And so there's actually the the short story I want to write is it starts where they're on their ship and they're in the hold ready to go to war essentially, but they're all on their bikes, so they're all like revving their bikes and getting ready to go. The ship lands, the ramp comes down, they just like stream right out, right into the right into a bunch of chaos dudes, and they just fucking murder them <laughs> for an imperial world because the the imperium hasn't turned up, and so they went and hired these guys. So these guys take the resources that they've been promised, and then they leave. And of course, the an exterminatus happens because the imperium turns up and says, "Well, where have all the demons gone?" It's oh like, yeah, well, we paid these other guys to come out. Uh, what? Okay, you're all dead. Um, yeah, and and that that's kind of the the stories that's going to go on. So they're going to be this this. This uh, this, you know, there'll be world eaters in there. Like they're they're a chimeric, you know, group of all different, uh, all different legions, and even even loyalist space marines join them. You know, it's like, well, I guess we're communicated now. I'm like, oh, do you want a job? Yeah, sure. You know, that, that sort of a thing. Yeah, rene- so, renegades, right? Yeah, they're, they're just biker renegades essentially. Um, I've recently learned how to do green stuff cloaks. So I'm going to do like green stuff leather jackets and stuff and things like that. So, and I don't know how it's going to look. I think it might look really cool if they do it like trench coats and then like like blowing behind them as they're on their as they're on their bikes. Because I really like the Outriders. I think the Outriders look so cool. Um, but I've never liked the idea of having bikes that don't have any melee component. Because I mean, that's the cool part of it. You get a sword and you start whacking them when you're going past, sort of thing. Oh yeah, just um, just like you're on horseback, basically. Exactly. That's exactly what they are. Yeah, they they, they are they are just you know. Like the chapter I'm doing, the Astral Blade, the Loyalist ones, they're they're like space samurai, so they're obsessed with honor and to a fault. Like it's you know they, they've they've lost wars for people because they've just been like, nah, it's not very honorable, and they just leave. You know, <laughs> um, whereas these guys just don't give a shit. They're just like they just yeah they just shrugged. Can you pay us? Okay, then then we'll do it. Sort of a thing. It's not not a uh, proper mercs. I like that. Um, I, I like that kind of story. Um... I I, lo- I think that's what's missing from the narrative part of uh, Warhammer, especially coming from a tabletop RPG game like Cyberpunk, D and D stuff like that. What I'm used to is they give you a rule set, and it's a blueprint. But basically, you're on your own to do whatever you want, change things, fix things, and tell a story. And Warhammer is a game of numbers, and and min maxing is just what the game mm. is there is no creativity then they yeah. they introduce this thing called crusade which in my opinion is just matched play with more bookkeeping and doesn't really help you tell the story that you want to tell with your soldiers and your army it, it, it's really just more bookkeeping with you know there's objectives there's the map you're, you're just doing match play basically yeah i, I mean the, the two things that really again i'm spoiling my own next video but it doesn't matter but um the two things that i really don't like about black library and and the general story that happens with with warhammer um the first one is nobody ever dies 
Yeah. Um, if you have a character who is of any importance whatsoever, they're not going to die. Um, if they have a model, they're definitely never going to die. And so that robs everything of of everything, essentially. You know, you know, you know Abaddon's not going to die. And it was, it was one of the things that pissed me off about the Horus Heresy books, but I'm reading it, and Abaddon gets into some trouble. For those of you who don't know, he's the main bad guy in 40k. And, <clears throat> of course, this is a prequel. So he gets in trouble, and and it's insulting. Like, like oh, he's going to die? No, I know he's not going to fucking die. He's in the... He's there 10,000 years later. What are you talking about? He's like, got just, 13 just... Black Crusades after this story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just, just like, give me someone else. You know, that's why I like Loken so much. He doesn't have a model. He does, and, and, and he does in... Uh, 30k. In 30k, but he doesn't in, in the current setting. So he could... he could. I think he was a Grey Knight in the end, wasn't he? Yeah, but, he became um... a Grey Knight at the end. <clears throat> or Knights yeah, Errant. So... Were they called Grey Knights at the end? Yeah, at the time? so the Knights Errant... Um essentially become the Grey Knight, but it's kind of fuzzy at the moment, like, who's gonna... I know the first Grey Knight was a guy called Janus, who was essentially a... Um, apart from Araman, was the most powerful Thousand Sun, essentially. Yeah, uh, that's right, guy. and I think the story is the Emperor cured his flesh change, like a personal yes. cure. And then, and then he had a shard of Magnus's soul placed in him, and he became Janus, like uh, this this merged being. Oh. So basically, the a psyker of psychers, essentially. Amazing. Um, yeah, Thousand Sons are my, I are my it, dudes. I liked it, but I, I, I wanted, wanted Loken to be the first Grandmaster. It would have been really cool. Mm -hmm. um, but he's not a psyker, so you know, why would you do But uh, yeah, yeah, Thousand Sons, I really like how tragic they are, which is probably why um, Black Legion works so well, because the lead character is, is a Thousand Son. And, yeah, and yeah, it's from his lead. perspective, which is amazing. <clears throat> yeah, Iskandar Kayon, isn't it? Yeah. He, he was, yeah. He's the main guy. Um, so I like I like I like books like that. So that, that's one of the main things I don't like is the fact that they um, they never kill anyone off of any import, and it robs you know the, the amount of times two people duel and then they stop and walk away from each other. It's like w w what was that about? Like just one of you should kill the other one, and that's it. And have them dead. This model's still there. You can still play with him. You know. Yeah. Um. So and the other one is um. Uh, yeah, there, there was a robbing of uh, stakes. That was it. And also, I'll get back to the other one. I've sure, it. sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, obviously, I'm a huge fan of the stories. Uh, I love everything about the hobby, and and my cyberpunk fans, I'm sure, are super annoyed. They might even be annoyed that I have you on my podcast. That's but fine. Well, we can talk about cyberpunk. Like I've I've been reading cyberpunk since I was. 12 so yeah yeah no i'm we're, we'll talk about whatever we want i'm not afraid to have any kind of conversation to be honest with That's you fine. um i really do do want to talk about um the the whole corporate aspect because i work mm -hmm. with artelsorian games very mm -hmm. closely they've been monumentally helpful in the growth of my channel i do a podcast mm -hmm. with somebody that was one of the designers of the core rule book. They put me in the core rule book. My name is in there. Oh, sweet. And so my, my experience with them as a company has been nothing but positive. And I've never once mm. felt like they've ever made any kind of uh, a heartless business um, yeah. decision that made me not like them. I, I do tend to see that tabletop um, RPG companies are very good. Uh, with especially with people like yourself, yeah, they they recognize it for what it is. It's, it's free publicity, you know, um, and they're actually really good at sending out freebies, which I I didn't know. But like, there's really small channels out there, like small, way smaller than yours, that are getting free stuff. 
yeah, like the, like the collector's editions of things and things like that to um to show it off. And it, I just think that's really cool that they do that. You know, because it's it it makes sense and it is a self fulfilling. It's it's like like a circular thing, isn't it? It's going to keep going and going and going. Um, yeah, it's something you cultivate. Basically, you just keep watering the plant; it keeps growing yeah. and bearing fruit, and you just keep doing that. Yeah, I mean, I I wanted a while back to do something with Shadowrun, but the the rights to it is just a shit show. Like it's that, it's it's that and Conan. Those are the two things you can't get your hands on. Not because they don't want to give it to you, because they just don't know who owns the stuff. They're just like, well. This person owns two percent. This person owns one. This person. So you got to go to all these different pair of people and say, "Can I do a Shadowrun game? Can I do a Shadowrun? You know, can I get some content stuff? You know, some some freebies or whatever." And yeah, you just don't know who to go to. It's just it's just crazy. And I love Shadowrun. It's like one of my favorite things ever. Yeah, um, I from our from my Discord. I never played Shadowrun personally. I never uh, liked the marrying of the fantasy mm-hmm. and cyberpunk. It kind of yeah. takes me out of both. I'd rather separate yeah. them. But I totally kinda respect happened. everybody loving whatever they love. But um, from the fans of Shadowrun, I think they what I've gotten from everybody is this last edition that came out was mm-hmm. not enjoyable. They didn't like it. No. They they so. felt like they didn't put any care into it. Yeah. It, it felt like um, I think Shadowrun works when you um, pare it down. When you start going crazy with the the magic and the elves and the this and the that, that's when it starts to really impact. I I love Shadowrun when it's written by a book called Neverwhere, what uh, David Gaiman wrote. And essentially, you don't you don't talk about the magic stuff. It's just there. It's in the background, but it's not right in your face. Do you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. this cool stuff that's there. And you world build like that, you know. It's like, woven like, into cultures and stuff like yes, that, basically. Yes. So, so there's no like parrot, like you know, archetypal. This is this, and this is this, and this is this. Let me give you all this exposition. It's more, you know. Oh, this guy just does a magical spell. Okay, fine. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Something cool. that's passed on. down to him from uh, his generation. It's like a generational magical spell thing. Well, it, it, there was that phrase in there that at some stage, you know, a technology. Advanced technology and magic are indistinguishable from each other. Mm. Which, and I, I would want to do a setting like that eventually, where you know it's cyberpunk, yeah, but it, they call it magic because that's basically what it is at this stage. You know, it's so advanced and people are so changed that you know they can move things with their minds because they've got these amps in their heads that can do this and that. And yeah, it's it's that's what Mass Effect did. Mass Effect did that with with bio, with uh, biotics. They said, yeah, we want space yeah. magic, so. Let's do it in a science way. I'm I'm doing that in my own fantasy setting, but it's called um, void magic. And the only magic in the world is that people can create black holes, so they can just yeah. You know, if you've got loads of armor on, they can just crush you to a pulp. You know what I mean? Because they they can use the weight against you, that sort of a thing. Um, ah, that's interesting. They manipulate dark energy because dark energy is everywhere. So they they, mani- they manipulate that, and that's how they do their magic. Um, so the that's, ways and means of cool. doing it. I like that. I like the idea that there will be like one guy that does white magic. And like he does a white hole, like opens up yeah. a white hole, you know? Yeah, and then yeah, explodes things outwards rather than. Exactly. I mean, I, I I tried doing that as a. Um, I'm not going to use it for that because that's my starship idea. Um, is is a white hole engine, and that's how the ship flies because it's got a white hole in the back of it. So it's like a, you know, they they create a black hole somehow. They throw stuff into it and it blasts out the other side and sends the ship flying through space. Uh huh. Cool. Um, 
but yeah, it's it, it's pretty wild. I've got a physicist friend, and it just blew his mind. He was just like, "Yeah, I mean, it, it's feasible." <laughs> yeah, he's, you could see him doing the maths in his head. He's like, oh, "Give me, leave that with me." And he, he came yeah. back and said, "Yeah, it's doable. We don't have the technology yet, but I can see yeah, it. There's no reason why it shouldn't work." Is basically what he was saying. Yeah, yeah, um, theoretical. Yeah, well, that's what he does. He's a theoretical physicist, so yeah. he he he, uh, he works for CERN. Uh, the Large Hadron Collider in Europe. So he, he does all that. He showed me a picture of his of his desk, and it was the Large Hadron Collider. And I was like, "Oh shit, okay." <laughs> and I said, um, "Hang on, what's the big red button?" And he uh, he just said, "No, we don't press that. That's it." <laughs> and then he didn't didn't elaborate. He said, "No, we're not we're not allowed to press that one." So you know, I was well, like, "I'd I'd want to press it now." I'm yeah, just, don't make a big red button and tell people not to press it. What's wrong exactly, with you? Exactly. Yeah. Aren't you guys I scientists? I don't think it does anything. I think they've they've done it just to see, you know, yeah. just to see who does it. Um, and you immediately fire because you could have like ended the world or something. Yeah, because we um, can't have that guy working here if he's going to be pressing red buttons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when explicitly been told not to. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I was going to say one of my favorite parts of Warhammer uh, and its story is the fact of like old tech. The stuff mm-hmm. like the what do they call ST SCPs? SCP, yeah, yeah, SC or STC standard template mm-hmm. construct. I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Where basically there's like this old tech from back in ancient time that we we don't even know about, and it does all these amazing things, and we can't recreate it, we can't reverse engineer it, but we have it, and we use it. Like Blackstone fortresses yes. are one of those other things too, right? It's like we don't know how it works. Yeah, it, it it's they they handled that really well. Um, like they they really did. Like it would have been so easy to do because that that's what I struggle with whenever I'm doing uh whenever I'm doing writing is making sure that that's getting that's getting out and about like people actually getting it that you know this is how it is and and I keep wanting to double back and remind people oh by the way this is how the setting works you know um. Yeah, I'm really bad at. Oh, I was really bad at trusting readers. <laughs> I, I, I think they were all stupid. So I need to go back and like say, yeah, no, no, this site works again. Remember, okay, cool. Yeah, it's a bit weird. I know. Yeah. Um, but 40k does a really good job of. I think they 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 allude to it in in the main rule book once, and from that one sentence, like the, this this huge the entire setting has spawned because now you know we can only maintain technology. We can't. And it, it's that it's that uh, lovely empire and decline aesthetic that they've got going on, and and that's what um, Black Library are really good at. They're really really good at, at general feelings because they're writing something for a game. Um, so I I just I just yeah that that's one thing about about GW that I really like the fact that they do that that they're, they're able to, to yeah and. I didn't like the fact that they, they were saying, oh, you can put anything in here. You can put cyberpunk in here. I'm like, well, I don't want to. Yeah, no, I don't want to either. It, it, it's I mean, there's positive. definitely there's yeah. definitely overlap for sure. That's uh, I've noticed that even through the fan base, a lot of people that play cyberpunk play Warhammer as well mm-hmm. because of the grimdark. That's what they like. But grimdark isn't just everybody being sad and dying. It's mm. also like concepts like this is an amazing piece of technology that we found and we're willing to just waste it just to win a war. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what Abaddon did, is he found a Blackstone Fortress. It's made of this material that they have, they don't know what it is. It's, it's absolutely mind-boggling what it can do. And he was like, you know what? I'm just going to throw it at a planet just to destroy yeah. the planet. <laughs> you know, it's like, what do you do? That's insane. 
I think that that's one of the reasons why um, one of the things I do have a go at the Kings Workshop for is like, why are you? They do self sabotage a lot for the for the spectacle, and I get the rule of cool is a thing and it should always be a thing. Yeah, but there are times where I'm just thinking, um, like it. And, and to be fair, it, it's it's about the the community too. So the community are very, um, how do I say it? Uh, they are very meme like they, they they will latch on to things like 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 fail badon you know things like that you know we, yeah. he always he always fails and stuff abdomen like robot yeah. robot girly man yeah they, robot girly man yeah, yeah it's all, all fun. That rubbish i mean but i i i generally not i don't like it I, I just i just don't see the point in after a while like, like i think it's me working for them you know like that's what it is i, I think you're desensitized I, I to it yeah, like I remember working in a, in a gaming bar when I was in London. This is after Games Workshop, just after before I came home, and uh, the Doctor Disrespect had a. If you don't know what that is, it's a he's a live streamer on on YouTube now. But anyway, he was caught like cheating on his wife, and so all of these like ridiculous, funny memes started coming out. And then a year later, you know, I went back to the. I said I'd do a few shifts in there. So I went back there, and the same jokes. And I just wanted to scream. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, yeah. No, a year later, that's the. Yeah. We're, we're done with that joke already. Yeah. So, yeah I mean, I get it. Come on. I mean, I, I get why you're saying it. It's just like, and then, you know, when you go into like a hobby, you know, fail with on, you know, go robot girly man, whatever. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. You don't like them. Okay. Just, well, I, I think yeah. uh, what it comes from is there's such a lack of humor in the stories that mm. people inject humor into it just to like mm. lighten up the mood because it's there's nothing fun or funny like they'll make jokes the same kind of jokes like bros will make with each other because it's totally mm. like a bro mentality thing mm. but um as far as like making an actual funny immature joke i i don't think i've ever seen it in, in any of the books well i like um i like syphius kane um that's really funny <laughs> that's funny <laughs> um mainly because and again this is what they do that they're really good at this they they basically took an aspect of the setting where like why do these people always win you know wh why why do they never lose why does the imperium never really lose we, we tell people they lose all the time but we don't give them any examples yeah you know and and it's a, it's just this this character who just tries not to be in any sort of wars but it's almost like there's an invisible hand guiding him to like step into the wrong thing you know like you'll step backwards and step on a toe of like a, a chaos legionary who will then step backwards and fall off a cliff, you know, and he gets all the credit for killing him, sort of a thing. Um, yeah, yeah. But there is a very uh, interwoven thing, and it's the actually the emperor who's pushing him along and like putting him in all these like really weird positions so he can he can be his instrument of fate. And I really like that, the fact that you know he doesn't always work. And I think I think Kane says, yeah, he must. He said, you know, what do you think the emperor is like? And he goes, well, I know he's got a sense of humor because. Look at my life, you know what I mean? Like, and I think that's, I, I, that's my canon. Like, I, I, I want the emperor to play little jokes on people sometimes because he's just bored, you know. Yeah. He's just like he, he's just astronomicon, astronomicon all the time. Just, just to do, <laughs> that's just all. To, cares about. And it, yeah, and he just, he's, and of course he does like really serious stuff and he tries to save the Imperium and all that. But then sometimes he just like he just goes, you know what? I'm just gonna fuck with this guy. It's gonna be really funny. You are now my pet project, and <laughs> there's nothing you can do about it. You know, I, I really like that. Like. Um, duality of fate and, and things and, and whether things are supposed to act that way. It's just great. Um, yeah, in in my opinion, the real stories in in uh, Warhammer, they come from the first captains of the legions. 
Yeah. For those yeah. of you uh, that don't aren't familiar with Warhammer, there's uh these folks called Primarchs. They're like demigods basically. Uh, that were created by the emperor, genetically created from his own DNA to be his base, basically his sons that will take over all the armies and go out into the galaxy mm-hmm. and take over the galaxy. And on surface value, you're like, oh, so the story's about the the emperor and his sons and their troubles. But really, I find most of the story to be the first captains of those sons. So those sons all have a number two that is just like a regular space marine that they they took under their wing and said, hey, you're going to be my number two. And those guys have to pick up the pieces every time the Primarchs make a mistake or anytime their legion is doomed, everyone looks to them like, what are we going to do here? You're the number yeah. two, you know what I mean? Aramon, I really Aramon's one of those perfect... Aramon's good. Um, I, I kind of think Kaon... So, so Kaon and Talos... Are very similar if you've ever read the, the Night Lords novels. I haven't. Um, I haven't. No. Right. So, so Talos is the main character, and, and it was said that he was really close to Night, you know, Night Horn, who's their their Primarch of the mm-hmm. Night Lords. Mm-hmm. But of course, he wasn't the first captain. That was, you know, Jago Sevatarian or whatever his name was. But you know, like like they, I really like the fact that they're expanding that cast of characters now, and they're going okay. Well, because to be honest with you, the Primarchs, you shouldn't. For me, you should never have a Primarch point of view chapter in any book. No. You shouldn't be inside their head. They should be this other thing. That's this this remarkable, you know. Yeah. Um, you should be relating to the first captain where you're like yeah. all their frustrations are your frustrations. Yes. Like I really liked um Khan with Angron where he's just you know, he's gone on a rampage again. He can just hear Khan's like, oh, yeah. God he's like, God damn it. I put these butcher's nails in my head. I was the first one to do it to let everyone know that this is what we're doing now. And now I got to make sure you don't destroy our legion. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's, um, but again, one of the, one of the main things they do really well is symbolism. Uh, sometimes they can go a bit. Heavy, you know, heavy on the nose, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's because the genesis of all that stuff was back in the day when it was brand mm-hmm. new, like no one was doing it, and now it's like, oh, really? This guy's Jesus? Oh, really? This guy is the guy from Berserk, uh, Fulgrim? You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I've, they're not even trying with that one. Like yeah. the, the the more I read of Berserk, I'm now on. I've nearly finished it actually, but considering it's finished now, but um, unfortunately. Yeah, like the the more I read of of Fulgrim, the more I'm just like, did they just straight up rob this guy? Oh, they copied, yeah, copy paste. Like they they owe um Kentaro Miura so much fucking money because uh, <laughs> this is ridiculous. They haven't even changed his armor. They've made it more forty k, but it's still the same armor. Yeah. Know? Um. So yeah, the the, the I, I I've started really liking Berserk to be honest with you because um. You know, like the the chapter master of my own chapter is called Kentaro. You know, he's just after the the writer, so it, it's it's a it's a really cool um, thing to get into. Yeah, um, see, and and you came of from a place of inspiration, and you're like, you know, I really like this character, so I want to pay homage to the character by naming my chapter master or first captain. Yeah, I, I mean, the the space samurai, um, they hate Volgrim because he destroyed a load of their gene seed and basically made sure that the entire thing's going to go, that they're going to go extinct eventually. Yeah. And so this guy exiled himself from the 
chapter and he's going to hunt him down. Obviously, he's not going to succeed and he's never going to succeed. That's the whole point. But he, he goes anyway to try and, you know, this lone swordsman chasing down Fulgrim. So it's basically Guts going after, you know, uh, Griffith. Yeah, sort of thing. exactly. So mirrors that way. Um, but, you know, but he doesn't look anything like Guts, obviously. And, you know, because I'm not that brazen and I'm not a corporation that can seemingly get away with stealing people's intellectual property whilst. <laughs> On the flip side, Whilst complain, policing, complain yeah, policing, yeah. <laughs> China. But that, that that was when I think that was the the terminal velocity of the old GW when it was either going to change or die. Was when they tried to sue people for using Space Marine. That was the moment um, in 2012 where, okay, this is going to go one of two ways. Either this company is going to fail, or somebody needs to take it over and start. You know, and fortunately, Kevin Roundtree came in and took it over, and you know, he's been. Net good, um, less good recently, but net good. Yeah, good yeah. company. Um, I've met him a few times. He's a nice guy. Like it, it's you know always listens to feedback and stuff. And he's and he's a mean forty k player. He's really really good. Um, Ooh, but uh, yeah, like if you if you can ever get to Nottingham to go to the, to the head office, you will see uh, there is a guy there, and he is always wearing a. So how do I put it? It's like a, it's a bullet club, um, ugh, like a like sweater, you know, like a zipper, like a zip up sweater. If you see that guy, that's Kevin Roundtree. Like that's literally the guy who runs the company. The CEO. Like, he always wears the same shit. Yeah, he always wears the same stuff. Yeah, um, I really love that story that you shared of basically meeting him without knowing it was him, yeah. and you guys chopped it up talking about Warhammer, like two fans. Yeah, yeah. He, he he does it all the time. Like you'll go to people and just be like. Oh, so you know, what do you think of this new release? And and do you think it's fairly priced and blah blah? blah. And he tries not give it away, and then he'll make a mental note and go back. Hey, oh, that they don't like this, they don't like that. And so if you, yeah, as I say, like if you don't think you're being listened to, that's not right. Like like the games workshop do listen. Um, it's just as you as you said before, there's a middle management there, and there are lots of shareholders there who are going to push you in one direction and not want you to do anything else. They want you to make money and make money and make money until the cows come home. Yeah, um, I mean, I've worked you know. for a corporation of the similar, I think bigger size. It was a big cable company. I used to sell mm. cable door to door. It sounds mm. horrendous. But um, that, yeah. it's one of those jobs, it's a revolving door. Like you come in, you do you do poorly because you're set up to fail from the beginning. And then they're like, mm-hmm. hey, you're not doing a good job. We got to let you go and then get a new guy and pay him less. Because... That was my last year at King's Workshop. Yeah. Was, was that. I, I, didn't get, I didn't get fired. Like I got, um, so they, offered, they, they basically said, oh yeah, do you know that job you have? Yeah. Do you want to apply for it again? Uh, oh yeah. No. You said this. That's crazy. It's like no, I wasn't aware I had to apply for my own job again. Uh, so I did anyway, just out of spite. And then uh, they they called me and said, "Look, you know, we were thinking about going in a different direction. <laughs> you, you you did mention that you did that you wanted to leave. Are you still? Do you still want to leave?" And I was like, "The fact that we're having this conversation, yes, I want to fucking leave. It's you know such, I mean? a, like, you such know. a waste. What is that? You know? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, to be fair, I think if I just said, you know, I really want to stay and make a go of it, they'd have been like, okay, you've got." Six months, you know, and if you're not happy, then you know we'll we'll get somebody else in. But uh, yeah. the store was doing fine; it just wasn't. So the first the first while, like the first, I'd say year, it was doing roaring a roaring business, like really, really, really well. And then it went down to essentially like like my 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 YouTube has like for four or five months, it was doing really well. Now it's just tapering off and net positive, but you know just just steady. Yeah, and 
and that was this that store. They opened a trade account. A trade account for those of you who don't know is a store. It's basically a friendly local hobby store where they sell Games Workshop stuff as well. They opened one of them, or they allowed one to open a couple of streets away from me. And of course, they sell all of my models at twenty percent off, and I can't do sales. So, you know, I, when you say set up a failure, yeah, I mean that oh, that was, you know, I I I think the store's closed now. When I checked it out the other week, I don't want to say where it is because I don't want to get anyone in trouble. But I... yeah, the a, a nearby Warhammer shop just closed in in our area too. But for mm, for I... those of you that are not aware of how these Warhammer stores work, a lot of them are just like one guy. He runs the whole store. He's the only singular employee there, and he he makes a commission off of the sales from there. He can't advertise because. Mm-hmm. GW doesn't let you advertise. You can't make a Twitter. You can make a Facebook group page, which is, that's about it. I don't know why they let you do that, but they don't let you do anything else. But, um, mm. you know, that's neither here nor there. But then you got Amazon. You got the friendly local game store. You have 3D printing. You have eBay. You have all these other options for people to buy models for a much cheaper price. Mm-hmm. And then this manager gets yelled at for performance, basically. Yeah, um, like it's it's they're getting more bang for their buck essentially. But I think also we are in the last throes of Games Workshop being a retail business on the high street. Um, I think we're starting to see now them transitioning into being more online focused and. I think they're going to trim down. I think I said this in another video. They're going to trim down the amount of um, the amount of stores. It's so like every city, every major city in the US will have one, you know, and every major city in the UK will have one. Whatever country you're in, a major city will have one store, and it won't be for profit. It'll be a recruitment store. Yeah. Um, and you can you can order stuff online, but it'll be mainly for recruitment. Um, and I think that's how it's going to go because of 3D printing. I think 3D printing next 10, 10 years. Other people are a lot more optimistic than me and say it's going to be in three years, but these are people who have again, it's the attitude of nerds. You know, I have it, so that means everyone has it. No, no. You were able to afford a really good 3D printer. You were able to spend $700, $800 on it because you've got that much disposable income. That doesn't mean everybody can, right? Yeah, Nobody, no. you know, most people are not in that situation. I think it's going to take about 10, 15 years for that to come around where everyone's got access to good, cheap models. It's also not um, super user-friendly. Like, you have to know how to clean it, how to maintain yes. it and stuff. It's a whole thing to get into 3D printing. I, I'm, I'm never going to do it. Well, I will eventually, but, like, I'm, as far as I'm, I can, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Because um, I just can't be bothered. I, I just can't be bothered. I, and I like, there's something about the experience of buying a, box of models like having it in your hand and be like oh yeah i'm gonna create something really cool with this you know yeah um that you know i don't think will ever go away you know? and i think that's why you know they will still they will still do it online essentially but they're not going to do it in person but yeah yeah it's it's one of one of the uh biggest eye openers for me when you were talking about your experience as a manager was mm-hmm. the fact that it sounds the like the antithesis of trying to grow the hobby, but they would tell you like, hey, nobody can play in this store unless mm-hmm. they're doing a short introduction game. And yeah. if you got people that are regularly coming in to want to play, you got to avoid these people because they're basically yeah. time vampires. I think that's what you said. That, 
Um, yeah, so, yeah, we were told, and to be fair, you know, they had a point. Um, there were there were many customers at the store who, who didn't give me any money at all and would just come in and sit down and do their models and go home, um, which is, you know, it's a free country. You do what you want, but I'm running a business and I want to keep my job. Yeah. So and that's not helping me keep my job. Um, so I, I would always advise if you like a hobby store, the best thing to do um, is to go in and buy a pot of paint. You know, or anything, just, just a pot of paint, a to- a, a toothbrush, like a paintbrush, whatever, and sit down and do it. Um, but yeah, we were told get these people out on known certain terms. You know, they're going to strangle your store, strangle your revenue, take up all your time. But I think there is a really good way of like there is a middle ground there of people who come into the store where you're like, okay, I have my trusted regulars, my ten to fifteen trusted guys on girls who I can I could leave the store in their hands and walk down the street and come back in 10 minutes and nothing will be stolen, everything will be fine. Um, but there's also people in there who are, as they say, time vampires. These are people who will take up your entire day for, for, for nonsense. They'll cause drama. Yeah, they'll treat, they, they they'll will... treat the place like a youth club, like you've said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, I had parents. I had this one, one woman would come in and just drop a kid off after school and would just disappear for four or five hours and come back when I closed <laughs> and picked them up. It's like, all right. I mean, you know. And to be fair to her, she did buy models for him, so it wasn't like a, you know, he wasn't taking the piss that much. But um, well, was, a box yeah. of a box of intercessors, I think, is cheaper than daycare anyway, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, and you do get if you're a, if you're a single dude and you can and you're living at home, um, work for Games Workshop because, like, especially if you're you can be a manager for a year because you you get dates. Your, your mums just because all because all the mums see of you is that you're a responsible person with your own business number one, and you you dress up quite well and you're good with kids and you're good, and you're with, good kids. with their kids yeah you're good yeah. with their kids yeah yeah that's a big one yeah. and and they're the, the, yeah you you get numbers you get all sorts it's it's not it's not that bad as as that kind of a job but that's wild um, man <laughs> yeah like I I think I said on I think I've told this story before but there was. There was um, yeah. You have a video on inappropriate moms. Yes. So so there was a. I'll tell it for your viewers just so they they, they know the context. I, I hate it when people are on these things. They go, oh, I've told that one before, so I won't say it. And I'm like, well, I've not heard it before. You son of a bitch. Oh yeah. There's, um, a, there's an advertisement for your for your channel, basically. Oh uh, yeah. So um, there was this manager um, at Games Workshop uh, years ago now, and this is like an urban legend at Games Workshop, so I wasn't there, but this is something that I got told this is like seven or eight times, and each time the telling would change a little bit, so, but I know there's a kernel of truth there somewhere. Um, so there's this manager at Games Workshop, and he's doing a hobby evening, as you do, and he actually lives upstairs, he has a flat above the store. So, all of these guys come in with their wives and girlfriends, and, and they just stand around She's like, well, instead of you guys standing around here being bored, why don't you guys go and play board games in my flat upstairs, right? And here's the keys. Make yourself some coffee or, or, or have a chinwag. Do whatever you want to do. Fine. So they would go upstairs. Uh, and months pass. And there is a big kerfuffle upstairs. A big argument breaks out. Because uh, essentially, one of the women upstairs starts to break down crying. And they're like, oh, my God, you know, are you okay? And he, he says, no. He says, I'm cheating on Paul, you know, the guy who's downstairs playing, you know, games. with." And you go, oh, who with? Uh, the manager. Let's call uh. him Mike. I'm cheating on Paul with Mike. And they're like, oh, my God. And they're in and Mike's the flat. Women, 
Yeah, they're in Mike's flat. And one of the <laughs> other women says, that's funny. Because I'm cheating on Dave with Mike. <laughs> this starts going around, right? Mike, what Two are you or three of these women. Yeah. So anyway, they come downstairs and obviously tell everybody what's been going on and, and the, the shit hits the fan. Uh, from what I know, this is the only time I've ever known this where the games were where the managers left the store and said, this isn't worth my job. So he just left. And of course he got fired um, for bringing the company into disrepute and taking advantage of his, of his position and all that. Um, and that was way before any of this stuff was even politically, you know, accepted really like, like this isn't in like the late nineties. So sexual harassment in the workplace, people would shrug at you like, what? Oh yeah. So, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, so the fact that Games Workshop did that showed you how serious it was, where they were just like, yeah, you've got to go because this is like, this is really fucking sleazy behavior. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to lose a job, that's probably the way to do it. Yeah, go out um, with a, a blaze of fury, right? Yeah, or a bang, so to speak. A bang. Yeah. <laughs> Too many bangs, that's the problem. Yeah, yeah I mean, and, and again, like, I, I heard that, that was, that was, that's an what I just said there was an amalgamation of like all the stories that I've been told, but it, it changes all the time. Sometimes it's three women, sometimes it's six, sometimes it's you know. But uh, yeah, it, it's one of those that's gotten around, and uh, I've been told the, the managers who've told me were not bullshitters either. They were very stoic. Yeah. Um, essentially, they weren't Scottish, so because <laughs> um, those guys can drink and tell a good story, they can spin a good yarn. Man, that's that's a lot coming from someone from the UK. You guys like to put it down. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, I, I, I'm still recovering from yesterday. Like um, <laughs> when I got back, because we were going to do this yesterday, weren't we? But when I got back, it was like seven, no, quarter to eight. So I just texted a friend and said, "Look, I, I, I'm, I don't think I'm done. Like I, I went to see my sister, but I don't think I'm done. I want to go out. Okay, yeah, we'll go out for a quiet one. Okay, fine. Yeah. Anyway, we get back at like half four, and you know, I'm just so drunk. And now <laughs> today, I'm getting better now. But uh, yeah, and I wasn't ill or anything, but I, I was definitely run down today. But uh, that's fine. Um, I just wanted to talk about cyberpunk for a little bit because I've not been able to do this on my channel. Um, yeah, let's do it. Sorry, I. Uh, so we, no, no, we've been I, there. I, I just you told me you're working on a cyberpunk setting, right? Yeah. So I, actually, I was going to involve you in that, wasn't I? So I wanted to. I never get to play. I'm always the GM. You know, um, go figure. I feel it. I feel you on that. Yeah. Um. So I was going to create a one-page. Uh, cyberpunk rule set try and do it really slim down rules you know dead easy um and then do the rest of it there's like 10 pages of setting brief this is what the setting is and then just giving that to you and just being like okay let's get it you know get some people from your channel or whatever and i can finally play a game of, of whatever it is we're playing um yeah that that was an idea but what i was going to talk about was um actually 2077 because um yeah my channel was really small when that came out uh, but I still had people, you know, to talk to and things like that. But it sure. was just, um, I know they've got a patch coming out within the next couple of months, which has been delayed again. Apparently, um, I just for you, for you who don't know, I was super waiting for this, as everyone was. But like, I I really like the setting of Cyberpunk. I think it's really cool. I think Mike Pondsmith, you know, is a, an astonishingly good writer. Yeah. Um. So I, I, and he's a, he's, he's a writer's writer as well. So literally it's not all about the game. You know, he literally put shorts. He's one of the first people to put short stories in his rule book, which is, you know, really, really cool. Um, and when that came out, I think I sort of got blinkered. I was determined to enjoy it sort of a thing. 
Um, and I did. It just wasn't anywhere near what it should have been. And, you know, I just wanted to get that out there because I didn't get it off my chest because it just, it just absolutely infuriates me how a company can take an IP and just fuck it. Like, yeah. literally fuck it. And um, then drop it. I'm one of the uh, I'm one of the small portion of people that, as soon as I started seeing them winning awards for a game that hadn't come out yet, I think mm. they had won like two, three hundred awards. Yeah, and the game hadn't been out. That. That's when I knew, okay, just I'm off the hype train because mm-hmm. I want to have no expectations. All yeah. I already know that all these people that are on this train are expecting the next coming of Skyrim. You know? Yes. So I got off the train and had no expectations and have uh, the the tabletop game is always going to be my favorite part of the cyberpunk universe. And I just thought, you know, I'm just going to enjoy this the way it is. So when 2077 came out, it had bugs. It had problems. It even had like major mechanics about it. Like I didn't like that you just go around shooting booster gangs for no reason. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not something you do when you play the tabletop game. You'll just get killed, you know, going around. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I really like what I was expecting was a a simulator of with, with a central story, of course, but like a, a a a simulator of the cyberpunk setting and and what you do and living your day day by day. If you play it like that, it it kind of works. If you literally go, I am V, and I am a merc lone merc and i'm going to go and do these jobs and then i'm going to go back to my apartment and sleep right if you do that or i'm going to go for a night out blah blah whatever if you do that it kind of works but if you if you dig like a millimeter below the surface it breaks apart it's done like you're you are now you are now completely playing a video game and and it isn't what you know and i one of the main things i was taught when i was um we would have gone to like courses when I was younger for for writing and stuff. Is when you are designing anything that has to have buy-in, like suspension of disbelief. When your reader or your gamer or whatever turns over a rock next to them when they're exploring the setting, there needs to be soil and bugs and sand and all these other bits and bobs underneath that rock. They I shouldn't agree. turn that rock over and see set dressing. <laughs> or you know, like, like like a wood panel floor in the studio you're in, and that's exactly what cyberpunk is. Like, if you, the minute you examine anything, it breaks. It, it just stops. Like, it just literally, it cannot, it cannot do anything. And that's why it will never be fixed for me because it's a it's a broken game. It, it it's not a good game. It's not very well made. Well, um, I think they focused on the aesthetic, which is very nice, um, mm-hmm. and the it's it's like a dubstep first person shooter action simulator thing set in a cyberpunk mm-hmm. world is what it feels like and yeah. um while it has like a lot of amazing moments and i do think the main storyline is actually intriguing i do mm-hmm. feel like this is they they missed a little bit of what the magic of cyberpunk is well i think i think they changed it when when uh, reeves came on board didn't they i think that was the big rumor is that they they had a, a story in the can all ready to go and then Keanu Reeves said he'd do it. Basically, they never thought they'd get him, and all of a sudden he's in there, and they they're like, okay. So they wanted to make him a star. Yeah, so they, they they put him front and center essentially. Yeah. But I just thought, how cool would it be if, if he's just there as Johnny Silverhand, and he's not dead. He's just there, he's just walking around because Rogue's there. 
You know, like maybe just make him a bit older, age him appropriately, like give him the gray hair. He has gray hair. You know, like yeah. he doesn't have all gray hair, but you know, just just age him appropriately, and it'll, it'll look good. You know, um, have one of those big side missions that you do with um, that you do with Pan Am be with Johnny. You know, and, and you're gonna go and get his band back together or whatever. Um, and they, they, it just it seemed like it was a game by people who just missed the point. They didn't really get what Cyberpunk was supposed to be, and. So when Mike Pondsmith says cyberpunk's about saving yourself, not saving the world, it's about saving yourself. Yeah, they took that and just went, okay, surface level, that's what we're doing, and just misses the point. Like, like it's so intrusive. Whenever you get those glitches that happen in your vision, and you're like, for fuck's sake, you know, it's like the game reminding you, don't do too many side activities. The main, you know, you're die gonna die in two weeks. Yeah, do you know you're gonna die in two weeks? Yeah. Hey, you know, like poking you. Do you know you're gonna die in two weeks? Yeah, it's reminding you, you're gonna die in two weeks. Okay, fine. I wanna, I wanna be a Fucking edge runner, okay? Just let me play this game and stop telling me to go and do Takano's things. He's fine. Like you just whatever. Um so yeah, it it it's it's it was kind of like the Fallout 4 treatment where, you know, go and find your son. No, I want to go plant potatoes. I know. You know, just you know, um well I worked out how to do Fallout 4. It's actually really well written and people don't give it enough credit. Um if you play the game obsessed with finding your son until you, spoilers, until you meet Sean, right? Who's now obviously an old older man. and whatever. Yeah. yeah. If you play it until you get to that point and then you do the open world stuff, that makes a lot more sense because you found him and you're like, my life's been ripped away from me and, and I have nothing else to live for. My character in Fallout is always a really nice guy until he meets Sean. And then he turns into a fucking die. He turns into Kellogg, essentially. Through grief, he turned into this hard-nosed asshole. Not that you can be an asshole, but if they, they, if you could, you know, I'll not help people. You know, I'll go out of my way to like, you know, kill people if they look at me wrong. Certain things, you know, he goes down a really dark path, and I love that. And and I think the game's set up to do that. And people just thought, you know, you know, they thought it was more like cyberpunk. Basically, they 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 were not. They didn't do it. It's interesting um, that you mentioned Kellogg because I feel like Kellogg is the perfect cyberpunk archetype for character. Yeah. Yeah. He's the guy that's runner. he's just a grizzled guy that is just good at what he does and yep. whether he lives or dies, I don't think he even cares cuz he's kind of like checked no. out. I I really like him as as a you know he's the same voice actor as Thane from uh, Mass Effect. Oh, I didn't know that. I, yeah, I I find that out the other week I was like, oh, shit, you serious?" and then nice. looked it up and it is the same guy. Um, but yeah, weirdly, yeah, they they had a better judge of character of what a cyberpunk character should be in a video game. Um, and it's the, he's the archetypal edgy edge runner essentially. He he just you know doesn't really care about anybody. He just wants to get on with it. Um, yeah, yeah. When you and, play the when you play the tabletop game as a player, the the way it feels is like okay, I got to rely on myself. I got to survive. But that mm-hmm. doesn't mean I can't have allies because if you don't have allies, you're literally on your own, and mm-hmm. and the lone wolf gets killed in Cyberpunk. Yes, I mean, I I like that. I like the fact that it it really hammers down on you need to be a team player. You can be as edgy as you want, and you can be as sitting off in the corner as you want. But at the end of the day, you're not just not going to get paid. You're going to die if. And I think that's the other thing that I didn't like about Shadowrun is that it the the, the consequences 
never seem to really hammer home. It's it's not that kind of a setting, you know. Um, like the best part of again spoilers if you've not played Dragonfall, um, is when Monica dies at the start, right? Because she's a really cool character, and you're getting to know her. And my character was actually in a romance with her. You can actually select how you know her when you're talking to somebody else. And I thought, oh, it'd be pretty cool if they're like ex ex boyfriend and girlfriend. So I was like, yeah, you know, she's an ex flame, and you know, she needed help on this job. So you know, here I am. And yeah. they kill her off, and it was such a cool moment, so horrific. Like it just like because yeah, they were like, you know, what happens when you jack your brain into this thing and then it fries your brain? Yeah, it looks fucking horrible. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it doesn't. It, it, it's not a. It's not a. It's not a nice way to go, um, but Cyberpunk takes that and really hammers it home. Like life is cheap, and you're one of billions, and no one's going to miss you. And you know, Night yeah. City is an awful place. Then no one's going to miss you as a big you know. one. Yeah, no, that's a Cyberpunk. All it's it's high tech, low life. Mm-hmm. That's Cyberpunk in a, in a nutshell. It's why it's one of my favorite genres. It's high tech, low life. So you know, yeah, we have all these amazing things. But, you know, just like everything else in human history, it's sequestered and it's, it's put over here for the rich people. And you're not one of those people. Yeah. That's why it's called cyberpunk. It's not called cyber office worker. You know, like you're, you're a punk. Like, and I think, I think that's what CD Projekt Red didn't get right. They focused on the punk. It was yeah. very punky. Yeah. Um, there wasn't enough cyber in there. That's the for me. Like, the the main like archetypal uh, protagonist in Cyberpunk is is a solo basically. Like you can play yeah, as a net that, yeah. runner, you can play as a tech and all that, but you're just a solo the whole time. You're just a guy yeah. killing people. Um, but Cyberpunk, what's amazing about it is while everybody's trying to survive, they all survive in their own different way. <clears throat> the edge runner is like a mercenary that goes around killing to survive. The corporate signs on a dotted line and signs their life away so they can live in a corporate zone and feel some semblance of safety. Mm -hmm. And the nomad is like, I've checked out on civilization. I'm just going to go live in the elements because there is no government. It's all fake. It's all, Mm -hmm. it's just an illusion. I, I always play nomad in cyberpunk. Yeah, I'm and it's interesting. One of the my favorite nomad groups in cyberpunk in the lore is this group called the Soldiers, mm-hmm. and they were basically like a combat operation group, mixed of like air force, army, navy, you name it. Mm-hmm. They were all put together, and then they all just decided one day, you know what, the world's collapsed. Let's just collect our family, and just mm-hmm. and just um, what do you call it? Desert, and we'll just desert. Yeah. Our, our position and just be our own little community. Oh, I mean, I, I like. Um, I really thought, in terms of the the starter, um, stories of cyberpunk in the in the twenty seventy seven. I honestly think the only one that worked at all was Nomad. Mm-hmm. Um, Corpo was a huge letdown. Like huge. It, it was going so well. Yeah, the yeah. first twenty minutes, I'm like, I love this. Yeah, you know, especially the the flyover of the city when you you you're just drinking your champagne. You're oh like, this man, is great, amazing. Yeah, and then the fact that nothing happens, they just like take your life away. You know, they they just fire you and walk off. It's like, you know, and then immediately you're you're a street kid again. It's like yeah. okay, well, yeah, fantastic. Um, and I really street kid kind of worked, but for me, it was like 
V already knows everything if he's a street kid. So, I, and I don't want that. I want to be. I want to have explained to me like a fish out of water, like a Luke Skywalker. Yeah. And I really thought that um, Nomad was the best one because it, it just you know it had everything. And even though, yes, you know the game is balked completely because if you don't shoot anybody in that first area, you don't die. Like they just drive off. You know, they, they, nothing happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. The nomad visiting the cyberpunk city, they just look around and just like laugh at everybody and their, <laughs> yeah, their stupid yeah. problems. There's like, yeah. you know, I'm over here yeah. trying to get water and food and resources, and you guys yes. are worried about uh, a vending machine Ration. giving you your rations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I really liked um, when Jackie gets the, uh, uh, the, the, uh, the arch bike. Yeah. And as a, as a, as a, the nomad you can walk over to it and be like yeah you want to change that spoiler and you want to like get that off of there and you want to like do this and do that I, I i actually really role play when i'm in those sort of situations like i'm like i will walk around slowly the bike like i'm actually inspecting it as he's talking you know and the only let's play the next let's play i want to do is off cyberpunk where i act out the actions of what v's doing with my head motions and things like that and and you know so it actually looks like a movie when i'm doing it um eventually i'm gonna do that anyway that's fine uh, yeah like so that that idea i had earlier about the the cyberpunk thing i'd be okay because i really like cyberpunk red but i've not well, in cyberpunk but i've never i've seen it being played but i've never played it so if you wanted to do that i'd definitely be up for that like, you always have a spot like, on my table man i'll arrange it yeah yeah definitely i mean it's um like it, it's something that you know I, I've I'd never get to play. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, for sure. No, we'll we're, we'll work it out. Now we're friends. It's too late. We've talked yeah. for an hour, fifteen minutes. So now we're friends. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. I mean, like that's that's uh, it's just such a cool game. And um, saying that with 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 Shadowrun, like I've played Shadowrun before. It's it's great. It's great. I I just don't get the not a lot of GMs get the danger side of it. You know, like it's you going and doing a lot of these really fun activities. Like you know, you're gonna go steal this corpo, but there's no stakes. Uh, scientist, yeah, yeah, you, you know, you're not gonna die. Yeah, you know, you know nothing's gonna happen. Yeah, and you know that you know your trajectory is upwards. You know, and I quite like in cyberpunk that sometimes just surviving is enough. You know, like like you go back to your apartment and you're like. Okay. Yeah, it's funny in a violent in a violent grim dark world of cyberpunk, a setting like that, you'd expect like a lot of gunfights and stuff like that. And you know, yeah. there's obviously that fair share, but I found my players are actually trying to look for other solutions that don't involve pulling out a weapon. Mm. Because yeah, that, I mean, that that escalates, you know. It's not like yeah, it, it's it's the fight. Yeah, and yeah. and and it could end with maybe they're all dead, but you're all dead too, you know? Yeah, I mean I mean that's the thing. I mean, I think the other thing that Shadowrun does that I'm not a huge fan of is it tries to tackle themes like racism and uh, alienation and things like that, but they do it using orcs and elves and, you know. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm sure the world's that fucked up. I'm sure if orcs did appear, we'd all be really prejudiced against them, you know. Um, but I like the fact that Cyberpunk just says, no, that's a thing in the world and we don't need to cover it up. You know, like like yeah. it, it happens, and and it's still happening even now. Even and that, that's one thing that I really didn't like Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven for. It didn't go hard enough. Like it, you, you would have all of these ridiculously sexual billboards, but there's nothing really controversial in them. 
No. It's just, it's just titties and things like that. Yeah, it was very juvenile the way that they did it. Um, whereas the actual setting is extremely dark, extremely predatory. And I just think people at the start missed the point when they were talking about, oh, there's a trans character on the billboard. They shouldn't be exploiting people that way. That's the whole fucking point, dude. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's and, and it's funny, the idea. You know, it's the idea that corporations like you can't tell them what to do anymore. Like, yeah, they'll just do whatever it takes to maximize their. They profit. don't care what your truth is. If you change what your truth is, they'll just sell to you. In your, they don't care if you change sex. Yeah, right. They'll sell to you anyway. They don't give a shit. Right. Like, and that that's the whole point. They'll exploit you, and there's no way around it. Yeah, it's um, it's it's the whole thing when like something happens, and then like they change their social media profile to like the thing to support whatever yeah. things going yeah. on it's like look yeah. you're just trying to sell hamburgers all right yes i i don't believe that for one second that you actually care about social issues well, and if you well, turn that is... to a thousand that's what cyberpunk is yeah i mean i mean this is um the the, the the second explosion of the channel happened when gw did that not last year but the year before when he started telling people how to behave yeah and i was like i'm, I'm sorry but that's not your place you sell little toy figurines continue to sell little toy figurines and you know if somebody needs help then i'll go and get it but it's not your place to to save the world games workshop in fact you're a really bad influence on a lot of people so like you're the opposite of what i would, I would say to trust the company you know um the fact that mike pondsmith had to air uh, like i had to tell people why cyberpunk wasn't racist it was like are, yeah. you, are you are you shitting me right now like are you actually you know people saying that the voodoo boys was was a, was a really bad and i was like Number one, they're the coolest gang. So there's that. Just, 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 just get out the way, right? Um, best hackers in Night City. So you know, in, instantly, really, really cool. Two, you know, that they, they speak in height in, in Haitian accents and they speak a lot of French, and I love that because it's one language you never get to hear. I feel it's like Spanish. it's representation, if anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and they're not treated any differently to any of the other gangs. They're a bunch of dickwads. But they all are. That's the whole point, you know. And um, I just think that uh, he did really well standing up to that and saying, "No, it, that's not what it is. Like this is this is this is my setting, and this is this is just how it is. It, it's a dark place. There's all these horrible things going on. There's sexual exploitation. There's there's racism. There's there's you know assaults of all kinds going on." You know, children aren't allowed to be innocent in this world. You know, because you, know, you one thing I really like. There's a YouTuber called um, Sphere Hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, got a bit of a crush on her, but we'll, we won't go into that. <laughs> but like, she she did a video on Cyberpunk, and she said, "Yeah, the thing that really got to me was you can see there's these like really sexual billboards, and there's kids just walking past it and looking at it with like, with, like a lollipop, going, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool.' And she said, this world's just broken.'" Yeah, you know, the game's broken, but the world is broken, and I love that. And I said, "Yeah, that's exactly how it's supposed to feel." Beyond repair, yeah, yeah, you, you, it's fucked. You just got to survive. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, I know Mike Ponsmith was talking about taking it to space, which I really want to see. Yeah, that's something um, that's already happened. It's called the High Riders. Their lore okay. is, uh, I believe, they were originally like African laborers that were mm-hmm. sent over. Have you seen the Expanse? Yes. You know, they have those belters, those asteroid belters. belters yeah. Basically, yeah, yeah. that's what these people were. Uh, and uh, then they just decided, you know what? We're not going to take orders from people down in on Earth. 
we're just going to drop rocks from orbit down to let people know like hey we can do that (laughs) so so don't fuck with us and that's basically how they earned respect they're called the high riders and i think they dropped one on detroit in one of the uh how could anyone tell the difference (laughs) right (laughs) so like that's the idea is that they make their own rules and they play by they they march to the beat of their own drum because they have that kind of nuclear power that's really cool i i didn't know that was a thing i know he was talking about doing an entire um expansion you know what I mean? Like in, in in one of these places, and just having this, you know, uh, going into outer space and doing rules for starships, and you know, well, not starships, but like interstellar craft, yeah, and things like that. And I would just like, I'm totally on board with that. If you want to do that, I might go for it because I really want to play that. Um, but uh, yeah, as a setting, it really is. Um, it's one of those that you're thinking, oh shit, somebody's done it already. You know, when, yeah. when you're thinking. <laughs> Like like Shadowrun's the same. Like I would would love to do a Shadowrun type game that's not as on the nose about being fantasy. Um, like I'd love to do a cyberpunk setting with and there's magic in it, but it's like really low tech magic. It's not like, um, you know, I really like Brandon Sanderson's laws on magic, where he's like, yeah, you, it's got to be. Um, you need hard rules. Like yeah. the magic is more, the limitations are more interesting than the spells, essentially. Yeah, and there I has to be a to cost. That. That's what I liked about a uh, Full Brother Alchemist that uh yes. that series. Yeah, Whatever yeah. they had, there was always like a cost. Well, the Japanese are very good at writing stuff like that. I don't know why, yeah. but yeah. most of the stuff that they they come out with, apart from now, Berserk does it as well. Yeah, Berserk does it as well because the only real magic is like the demon stuff, and to get to that, you've got to be well, you've got to sacrifice somebody, haven't you, and do all that. So yeah, there's the there's a cost to everything. I love that. Yeah. Well, hey, Dean, um, man, we've gone uh, an hour and a half, basically, and I feel like yeah. we could do another hour and a half, no problem. Definitely, like, flown by, yeah. Um, thank you very much for having me on. Um, I'm at Northern Exile, for somebody anyone wants to say hi and, you know, and, and come over and have a chat. Um, but yeah, been fantastic, and we'll definitely keep in contact, and hopefully you'll see me, if you're a viewer, uh, of this channel you will see me playing cyberpunk pretty soon hopefully yeah i'd love to have you back so we could talk more about cyberpunk i felt like i wanted to do like an intro to let people know like uh what what um i was a fan of from your uh, what well, not was what i am a fan of of your mm-hmm. youtube channel and stuff like that so mm-hmm. if you guys uh, want to check them out northern exile on youtube mm-hmm. look for uh all kinds of really fun content like you also have an rpg called the black coats that you guys play yes a um it is a um how do i put it imagine peaky blinders combined with uh, the order that like the video game that came out a little while ago um throw in some harry potter and a load of lovecraft and you've got what black coat is essentially oh Man. and and some red dead obviously because it's there's a lot of wild west in there that's intriguing that's fun um yeah. and then he has some great you know hobby store stories war- horror stories a lot of positive ones i really liked the one about the uh non-verbal autistic kid um, yeah, yeah. And, and his father basically tearing up seeing him having a good time and laughing in the store yeah uh those are yeah. that's the feel good stuff that's the that's the really good stuff in this hobby that well, I love. that's what we need more of in every hobby to be honest with you yeah in this day and age yeah so uh dean thank you so much for coming on thank you for everything you do and i can't right, wait no to work with you more in the future no way john thank you very much thank you very much for having me All right. Have a good one, guys. Take care. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. See you guys. Bye.